0: Thanks for tuning into the Refuge Church Sermon Podcast. It's our prayer that the Spirit would use God's Word to stir your affections for Christ during this time. While we're glad to
1: provide this online content, please remember that it's not intended to replace commitment and connection within a local church family. Now, here's this week's message.
2: I'm going to be reading from three passages passages this morning. The first is Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then from Philippians 4, 8 through 9, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the god of peace will be with you and then the final passage is from colossians three fifteen through 17 and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever.
1: Thank you, honey. There. All right, good morning. Um, Kids, before I let you go. There's something important taking place today. Do you guys, uh, if you're a kid, you know the mint guy? The guy that you line up and that drives around in the scooter that you get mints from? That's, that's my dad, if you didn't know that, and he has mints. And I want to tell you guys, there are a few things in this life that bring him more joy than passing out mints to you guys, and I'm, I'm being serious. Today is his birthday, so would you help me... You, you can all you can all do it, but kids especially. Would you would you help me sing Happy Birthday to my dad? Yeah. You can call him. We call him Papa. So if you can, you can call him Pawpaw. he's not replacing your Pawpaw. <laughs> but if you want to call him Papa while we sing, you can. All right, ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Papa. Happy birthday to you. All right. Thank you, guys. He's kind of a big deal to me. All right. Now, you can, you can go ahead and uh, he pro- I don't know if he'll have Mince ready on the way out, but he'll definitely have them after church. But if you want to go to Elevate, we can go this way, first and second grade. I don't think we have, do we have, uh, yeah, just Elevate today. So you can give them a high five on the way by, or you can wait. And <clears throat> uh, we also, uh, as we're reading, um, there are some things certainly that we want to uh, be in prayer about uh, this morning. Um, and uh, Caitlin, your mom, she's doing, she's progressing, but it's slow. Okay. Uh, she's still, she's, she is still at uh, Barn St. Peter's, okay, in the ICU. So we want to continue to pray for Suzanne. Uh, Mirko Andrich, uh, he's had a few setbacks, um, uh, and he, they're trying to work out medication with him for seizures, uh, and so we want to continue to pray for Mirko, uh, and um, I know that there are lots of other prayer needs, and I also know uh, my friend is a pastor of uh, Chris, who came up here Last year for our marriage retreat, uh, pastoring in the heart of Memphis, uh, and a lot of tensions to walk through, not only in Memphis, but in our world, uh, grieving violence. And uh, so if, if we can just take just a few minutes, and, uh, and if you would allow me to, to lead you in, in prayer, uh, but join with me as we pray for just our world this morning. <clears throat> God, we believe you and trust you that you are good. We believe and trust that you are sovereign. These are things that you tell us. So we're taking you at your word. We believe and trust you that you care about your creation. And from there, uh, we have lots of questions. Um, There is beauty and brokenness in our world. And um, we long for a day where there is only beauty in our world. Uh, but we still walk uh, on on broken ground. So, God, we pray for your presence today. We pray for healing and progress for Suzanne, uh, for Caitlin and Steve, that you would give them endurance and hope uh, and peace and uh, the community that surrounds them and loves them, that we would be faithful to continue to pray and lift them up and encourage them. We pray for Andrew, uh, Sandy and, and uh, Mirko. Um, as Sandy just is the caregiver. And uh, we pray for healing for Mirko. We are grateful for doctors. We're grateful for the gifts that you have given. But we pray that uh, they would figure out the medication, that they would find out what, what is off, uh, what's going on in his mind, uh, and that they would, um, that you would give some answers there. We pray for Memphis, uh, a city historically, with all kinds of tension and bigotry. Um, we pray that your grace and mercy from followers of Jesus would be on radical display there. Not in overreactions, but in calm and peaceful reactions and calls for justice. Uh, as, as we live kind of in a land that has uh, so much uh, that really has revealed in a lot of ways, just the depths of our brokenness. God, I pray this morning that you would uh, be in our presence, Um, that you would work through your word and our time together, that we would encourage one another, love one another, teach and admonish one another, hold each other up, bear with one another, uh, all of these things. This is your church, your bride. So we ask you in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I also, one of the things I wanted to start off with this morning, as we go through the personal practices and spiritual disciplines and all of that, and we talk about prayer and meditation and fasting this morning, we'll talk about study, uh, and we give out some recommendations and I want to, I want to just let you know, you may, if you follow some of the links, if you read some of the books, some of the websites, whatever, there may be some things that you kind of come across that you're like, this sounds a bit mystical and it might be. Uh, and you may come across some things and some language and the way things are framed that you're like, I don't know. And I want to encourage you to operate with discernment on those things. It's okay. We're not trying to send you down a path of like, of like, uh, you know, chanting and, and like weird stuff. Although there are some weird things. There's some weird things that have been used historically for lovers of Jesus that are, that are pretty cool. There are some things probably written in some of these websites that we would find and go, you know what? we probably, we're okay setting those over here, leaving those on the shelf. And that may not be for us, but I just want you, you, so uh, I'm just trying to like set you at ease there. Is that, that, you understand what I'm, okay. Um, If you have questions, if you come across something, you're like, I'm not so sure about that. You can either set it aside. If you want to ask, if you want to email, if they're like, you know, I don't know if, if I'm just gaining an improper understanding here or if there's something else. Sometimes we've been taught fear of those things. Sometimes those things have been abused. uh, And so we wanna help work through those. Our hope in all of these things is that we are walking constantly in the presence of Jesus, all right? So if you see something that makes you uncomfortable, it may make you rightly uncomfortable. Or it might be like breathing, you know. I don't know about breathing. Uh, that, seems super spir- that seems like mystical and stuff. Actually, breathing is okay. I mean, I, that was my first reaction. I'm like, I don't know about breathing. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. God designed us to bring, breathe, and I don't even think about it most of the time. And there's a lot of benefits to breathing. <laughs> I don't know how much research is out there, but I think breathing is a good thing. Um, but there are some things out there. We can set those aside if you have questions, if you want to know more. But, but I just, I want you to be able to approach those with confidence. Um, so with that, and that kind of leads us into our thing. The other day I was, I was, uh, I was up at Picasso's and uh, waiting for somebody. So I was just reading and somebody was having, there were two guys next to me having a conversation with Bible open. And so, uh, and when, when the, uh, they were having the, they were having this conversation. I'm trying to listen in but not be creepy, because I'm always curious. And I, don't, I try not to like interrupt. Um, and the first guy was like, man, it was right around New Year's, so it was, it was the first guy was what you would expect. This year, man, I'm, I'm, he's full of regret. Last year, I, I, did, I got distracted, and I wasn't in the Word as much. This year, I'm, I really should be in the word, word more. I would play video games and get distracted. This year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. This year, I'm gonna be in the Word. And I was like, okay. That's. I mean, that's good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that at all. Um, it was kind of heavy on the. I feel guilty about this, and so I wanna. I wanna make that right. And and I'll beginning of the year, right? Anybody feel that? New Year's resolution this year. This year, and read through the Bible, and maybe. And let's just say, maybe it's happening. Right. We're at the end of January, so. Is it? How's it going? And, and if, you, if you keep on, if you've made it through this, depending on which reading plan you're in, next month you're going to start Exodus. Genesis, there's some, some parts in there that kind of make you step back, but the story is good and keep up with it. Exodus is a beautiful story of redemption. The law, of the temple get a little confusing. Um, and so maybe you're sticking with it. And then if you hit March and you are in the Bible reading plan killer, Leviticus, the death of every Bible reading plan. Right? Um, and so, uh, so maybe you're like, okay, but I'm going to do this, and, and you open it up, and you feel confused, right? Especially Leviticus, how many, how many crows do I have to put to death to make this okay? You slaughter the cow, and then what, you know, and then like trying to figure out the laws in Leviticus and which law is which. Um, you may feel confused. You may feel uh, lost. Um, maybe not spiritually lost, but lost in the story of the Bible. And oftentimes we fill our mind with all of the shoulds, like if I could just get through the Bible, then I'll stop feeling so guilty about not reading the Bible. Anybody experience this? I've I got to think I'm not alone. Okay. Okay. Um, So here's the deal. This morning, we're going to look at the personal practice, the personal discipline of study that we were made to be learners. And we're going to cover some basics. I'm going to tell you, I chased so many rabbits, and there's so much that I wanted to bring into this that I resisted, although I'm going to give hints to it, um, because there's so many thoughts about study and what we are to study and how we study. And we study Scripture, but we also, like, that reveals to us ourselves and other people. And so it's not just limited to Scripture. That should open our eyes. And you have psychology and you have history and you have all the sciences and all of the stuff that we could study. And it was fascinating. And I was doing research on all these psychology tests that were really, really interesting that I am not going to spend all of the time looking at because we would be here for a long time. Uh, So as I listened to these gentlemen talk, uh, the first guy said, you know, I really should read the Bible more. And the second guy, initially he was, he was encouraging him, yeah, yeah, I totally get that, and we need to be in the Word, and I'm, I'm with you. And then he said a line that I would probably disagree with. He said, we need to be in the Word because everything outside of Scripture is a lie. And I, in my mind, I did not say this out loud, in my mind, I went, well, uh, well slow down. What do you mean by that? Which is, a, which is progress for me. A, normally I'd say that out loud. So that's progress, I didn't do that. B, I wouldn't ask for clarification, I would just straight out condemn so that I was proud of myself, which is also bad. Um, but I, there's a couple of reasons that that line gives me pause, that I either disagree with or, or need some clarification on. First, that statement in and of itself is not in scripture. Well, that's problem number one, right? Second, I have seen some horrible interpretations and abuses of Scripture behind the teaching of everything outside the Bible is a lie. And I've seen this used as a club. Uh, I've seen this used in manipulative forms, and it's not good. There was such a thing in early America of a slave Bible where portions of Paul were clipped out None of the teachings of deliverance, Exodus was nowhere to be found in the Bible, and none of the teachings of Jesus' deliverance, but certain passages from Paul were clipped out and they were packaged and given to slaves that weren't about the freedom and deliverance of God, but they were about obey your masters. That's manipulation. This is where I really want to get into the psychology test, but I'm not going to. All right, so that's the second, as I've seen this manipulated. But third reason is this, I, I believe, this is Leslie Newbigin, all truth is God's truth. Right? An atheist, a Hindu, a Muslim, uh, a Jew, a Christian, uh, we can all find the glorious beauty in a sunset. Right? We all obey gravity. Some of us better than others. I'm trying I was, I'm, my goal is to lose 20 pounds this year, and I'm only 25 away from it. Um, so the Bible, instead of it being like everything outside the Bible is alive, another way to see this is that when we look at Scripture, it can actually give us eyes to see the world around us, that God has created and designed, that we need not be enemies with science, but we can actually uh, we can va- we can value His glorious creation of the mind, of relationships, of the world, of science, of all those things. And so, whereas I wanted to take a whole lot of time and talk about this, how to be a student in all of life, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid that. So today, here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at studying the Bible. Uh, I want to give us some very practical guides on how to study and learn Scripture. And then, uh, Laura Waymack is going to come up and close us out uh, this morning with uh, some of the testimony in her life of how she has grown and learned to study. And then she is going to be leading the class uh, which I think is going to be fantastic, but I'm going to let her tell you more about that. So she'll, she will kind of share her testimony uh, this morning uh, to finish this off. So um, let me give some quick thoughts uh, that are helpful to keep in mind as we look at what does it mean to study the Bible. And really, we've got to start with what is the Bible. First off, the Bible is not basic instructions before leaving earth. Okay, if you've heard that anagram, anagram, acronym. If you've heard that acronym. um, Are there instructions in scripture? Yes, absolutely. Uh, But it is not an instruction manual that would say just follow these things and you're good because we don't believe in a God that sends bad people to hell and good people to heaven. That's not the God that we're told about in scripture, right? Nod your heads, yes. If, you, if we uphold Scripture, we believe in a God of mercy and grace, who take, who the people that go to heaven are the ones who know they don't deserve to be there, who know they need a Savior. Um, and, and those who go to hell are those who are determined, bound and determined to be their own Savior. So the Bible is not an instruction manual, though it does have wisdom for life. Uh, the Bible is the story of God. It reveals to us how God has acted in time and history. It reveals to us the story of salvation. We cover every week that it is this grand narrative that the the Bible tells, creation, rebellion, redemption, restoration, that God is the hero of the story and we get to see all of how he does that. It also reveals that we have a very real enemy uh, who is limited in power but is literally hell-bent on getting us to replace God with lesser things. I love the way uh, John Mark Comer talks about Uh, this in his book, Live No Lies, um, where we talk about going to, this This sounds like good old-time fundamentalist Pentecostal type whatever, but it's very, very true. What the Bible reveals is the enemies of of our life is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so what he would say is the devil, our enemy, introduces deceptive ideas. This is not like the good people versus the bad people. This is how the devil works. He introduces deceptive ideas which then appeal to our disordered desires, that we are out of whack. And those disordered desires are then taken and given root in the world around us. Uh, They become normalized in a sinful society. Now, when we read through Scripture, well, there's probably some ways that we'll look at that and go, yeah, that's right. They become normalized in a sinful society. And that means, so probably we go power, Uh, money, sex, and power might be, you know, and those things and and those self-indulgence that's all bad and this way is good, but if you read through Scripture what you'll notice, there's two ways to replace Jesus, replace our need for Jesus. One is self-indulgence I will captain my own ship, I will be the hero of my own story I don't need your religion to tell me what to do but the other is religious I will follow the rules I will be better than I will be self-righteous and therefore have no need of Jesus. And we find that in Scripture. There's two ways that we don't, that we can manipulate them. And man, that second way, our enemy, is brilliant. Is brilliant. That's made known to us in Scripture. Um... Along with this, uh, and we need to be careful. We need to be aware of our own motives for reading Scripture. Are we reading Scripture just to find all the things that affirm us? Are we selecting texts that give us our side and and then cut off the other side? And we can, man, we can do that really, really well. We're brilliant. Um, The other reason I don't like the Bible simply as an instruction manual is sometimes we can kind of treat it as the magic eight ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, should I have chicken or fish? You open up the Bible, point to a verse, Jesus feeding fish to Peter and the whatever. All right, how I have fish? Uh, and, and if we don't like the answer, we just shake the Bible again and come up with a different verse. Um, so that's the first quick thought. Bible is, uh, which wasn't as quick as I wanted it to be, it's not, it's not simply basic instructions. It's the story of God. Uh, second quick thought, reading the Bible is not the goal. It is the strategy. Don't confuse the strategy with the goal. The goal is knowing God. The goal is trusting God. The goal is growing in our faith, in our hope, in our love. The strategy to do that is reading the Bible. So reading plans, whereas I think reading plans are good, and I think having a plan in place is good, sometimes we... we, if, especially like to read through the Bible in a year, it can become something to be achieved instead of knowing God. Now, can you read through the Bible in a year and know God? Probably. I can't say that from experience because I've never completed the reading plan. I've read the Bible. I've never been able to do it in a year. All right? Judge all you want. I'm been. I'm free. Uh, I have read through the Bible in 47 years. A few, uh, hopefully more than once, but um, the goal is not simply to read. This is not something to achieve. This is, it is, uh, it is to know God. Last, um, uh, also with reading through the Bible, goal versus strategy, the goal is not to become puffed up with knowledge. Learning about the Bible is, And learning about God is not the same as knowing and trusting God. Some of the meanest people I know are filled with knowledge of doctrine and theology. And some of the gentlest people I know. All right? Let me qualify that side too. Uh, When doctrine and theology is used as a weapon, you're missing the point. When you read and study and learn, and you notice your self starting to grow a little bit in the area of love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, it's taking root. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The goal is to dwell with God through his word, to seek the things that are above, to fix our mind on the author and perfecter of our faith, to have our mind shaped not by religion or by self-indulgence, but by God's wisdom, by the work of the Holy Spirit in us, pointing to the completed work of Jesus as we follow him. And this is why we spend time in Scripture. Um, We dwell and we study to be with God, to know God, and then consequently what that leads to is knowing ourselves better, knowing the world around us better. Uh, The more we study and the more we are with God, the more we are uh, confronted regularly with the fact that we are not God but we are, in fact, in desperate need of a Savior. So uh, let me give you just a quick few practical things, and then I'm going to turn it over to Laura because I've gone longer than I expected. But you have total freedom. All right. Um, So you may go, okay, you got me. I'm going to start reading the Bible, start spending time with God. How do I, if you're new, how how do I do that? Where do I start? Do I start in Genesis? Genesis is the word for beginnings. You certainly can. Uh, but you don't have to. It's okay. You may start in one of the letters and just learning how to read it. My suggestion has always been uh, to start with uh, 1 John. is a great um, letter. Uh, it's near the end of the Bible. It's a great place to start uh, and to read through it. You may do a gospel. We're going to start uh, Sermon on the Mount soon, either next week or in two weeks. Read through the Sermon on the Mount. Read through the Gospel of Matthew. One of the things that I would suggest to you to do Try to read through an entire book in one setting, and then read it out loud, and and read it like a human, not like like a preacher, (laughs) right? Don't, in the beginning was the Word. Don't, that's not how humans ever talk, right? Read through it like a a real human, under the inspiration of God, was, was writing these things, um, and try to read through it in all in one setting. And you may notice things like jump off the page at you. Supernatural things, questions. Uh, I'm not sure about this. Who's this guy? I've never heard of this guy before. And, and like, let them jump off the page. Let them build curiosity in you. Talk to other people. Talk to, you, you can talk to me. You can talk to Laura or Joel. You can email the elders. You can talk to somebody in your gospel community. Talk to your neighbor. The, the Bible was written to be learned in community. All the letters that Paul writes, they were all read out loud on the, probably on the rooftop or in the courtyard of, a, of small houses in all these little cities with a gathering of anywhere from 10 to 20, maybe 30 people, if they were a megachurch. All right. <clears throat> um, and then uh, And then, as you're reading, there are really good questions to ask. And there are, there are good questions not to ask. Uh, oftentimes what we do is when we read the Bible, we start with the question, well, what is it saying to me? Hold on. We'll get there, but don't start there. Uh, I love, Zach Eswine lays out some really good questions, and I forgot to get them. We have little cut-out cards on the resource table out there that you are welcome to take with you, and I love the way that Zach Eswine frames these questions that we should ask as we're reading Scripture. And you don't have to necessarily go through them all at once, but like take time. Let this kind of frame how you uh, read the Bible. Um, And and learning how to ask questions of the text and not just grammar questions. I grew up on the best way to read the Bible is what noun, what... I have no idea how grammar works. My wife's going to roll her eyes. Like this verb is in conjunction with what noun, and it's modifying what other adverb, and I, I have no idea how any of that works. Um, and so every time I was like, is this what the Holy Spirit does? Does the Holy Spirit translate grammar to me? Um, read the full context. So first, ask the question, what's being made known about God to these people in this place? The Bible was written to a people in a place. And the more we can know, and, and the text reveals a lot of that stuff. It'll tell us what they're going through. It'll tell us what's going on. But now we have so much more that we can actually research. Um, the Bible was not written to uh, a Western culture. It was not written in English. It's been translated or transliterated. So it's, it's okay. Like, we, it's trustworthy. And there may be some words where we're like, okay, there's better ways to interpret this, maybe. But we can read the translation. Everything there is essential. Um, but it wasn't written in English. And it was not written only to a 21st century America. Uh, It was written to a people in a specific place and time. So we can ask, what's being made known about God to these people? And be careful, because it's really easy for us to take the Bible out of context. Uh, This is another reason why, if you're memorizing Scripture, this goes back to meditation, I would encourage you to memorize like swaths of Scripture, not just Necessarily one verse. Or if you're only going to memorize one verse, know the context of that verse and what's going on there, right? Lest we memorize that we can do all things uh, through a verse taken out of context. Um, so when you memorize, memorize in, in large chunks and then ask the question. So after we ask what's being made known about God to these people, what did these people need to hear or learn about God? So before we get to what do I need to learn in here, what did they need to hear? What was going on with them? Um, And this is, you don't necessarily need to know Greek to understand this. And a lot of times it's right there. Eswine gives us four potential ways to ask that question. Is there a sin that they needed to repent of? Is there something about God that they needed to learn that they didn't know before? Is there a wound or an ache that needs healing, that they need the God of comfort and healing, or that they're waiting to, to hear from him? Or do they need to be aware of something where they were pointing out this in everybody else, but they failed to see it in their own lives. The way Jesus said this was that they are dealing with the specks in everybody else's eyes, but they're failing to see that same thing, that same log in their own eye. Uh, And then ask the question, um, what do we have in common with these people? Something that's fascinating to me. What was their cultural position? That's really, really interesting. Jesus was a Jewish man, Middle Eastern, in a Roman world. Paul was a Roman citizen, but also a Jew, in a Roman-dominated world. Those are fascinating breakdowns. Culture is a huge thing to take into account. What are things that we have in common with them? But they, they all struggle. We have new toys to do it with. Um, they never broke the speed limit, and Jesus never had to drive Highway 40, and I think that's how he got away with not being sinful. Um, <laughs> But, don't call me a heretic on that one. I'll fight you. What are the things that we have in common? Uh, and then finally the, ask, finally the question, okay, then what do I need to hear from this? What do I need to repent of? Do I need to experience forgiveness? Do I need to receive healing for wounds? Am I learning to wait on God and know that I can trust him because these people had to trust him and he was faithful? And, and, uh, or am I really good at spotting the sins in those people over there but failing to see the stuff taking place in my own life. And again, being aware of our own preferences when we do that. If we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, it's active, it's alive, it's living and breathing by the work of the Holy Spirit, which we do, then every time we read it, it should evoke in us a response. Maybe we just need to be encouraged. Maybe we just need to remember this. Maybe we need to spend time dwelling because the, the world around us right now is really, really heavy. And we need the reminder that God is good and that he is faithful and we can endure a heavy world. A lot of these people endured heavy, heavy, heavy worlds. Um, But it should evoke in us some kind of response. The Bible is a gift and God has been good to us to make himself known through his word by the living power of the Holy Spirit. God does not want us to be confused. He is beyond our complete understanding, which is okay, but he's not a puzzle to be figured out. He's not a magic eight ball that we just go to for advice and stick our finger in there. He wants to be known. Among all the other gods of history, this one alone entered into a relationship with a people where he revealed himself and invited them to know him. Totally unheard of. Radically different. So let's not take this for granted. God wants to be known and study is one of the gifts and practices that he has given to us to make himself known. So, Laura is gonna share some of her own story, and I wanna tell you just a little bit as she's coming up here. Laura is a published author. This is available on Amazon as Unified Word, and she is, if you're a published author, well, I'll call you an expert in this field. Self-published expert in this field. (laughs) And uh, she is also uh, developing and leading Refuge University, which is where the class will fall, and she's going to share a little bit more about that. And then she and Joel uh, are helping us carry out one of the proud heritages of Refuge by producing some flaming red-headed children, which is awesome. And I'll let you go from there.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Laura Waymack. Like Trey said, I am a member here. And I want to talk to you this morning about why I love study. So when we talk about these spiritual disciplines throughout the month of January, as we do every year, sometimes it can feel a little bit like, okay, one more thing, and I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do that. But I think each of us in this room has kind of a different bent towards one of them. And my bent is towards study. I love it. It has changed my life. Um, So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story, how this has looked throughout my life, why I love it. Um, For me, this book, I do love the grammar, (laughs) sorry Trey, but the fact that God has revealed himself to us in nouns and verbs and prepositional phrases is as amazing to me as God becoming flesh in the person of Jesus. It is a divine human partnership that makes God accessible to us in a way that we can understand and I just think it's amazing. So to kind of start from the beginning, I grew up in a church that had a high view of scripture. We read the Bible. You brought your Bibles to church, your physical Bible. You brought it to church my parents read their bibles i saw them sitting in the living room and they would read their bibles i memorized scripture with steve green singing hide them in your heart i had a t-shirt um, with that was like pink with flowers on it that said whatever and underneath it said whatever is true whatever is right whatever is normal so it was scripture was a part of my life but i would say that the biggest thing that developed this love for scripture was sitting in church week in week out That slow drip of Sunday school, of people I loved loving the Bible, of people that I saw reading their Bibles, and they made me want to read it too. So I started reading my Bible because they were doing it, and it's kind of what we did. So I started reading the Bible. When I was a child, when I was a teenager, what study looked like for me was simply reading it. I didn't have other resources. My church didn't really believe in other resources. They were more of a, the Bible is all we need. So I started there. And it developed in me this deep love for reading the Bible. And that's kind of where where it started. By the time I was 13, I had read the Bible cover to cover because it's what we did and what I saw in the people around me. And through that, even though it was an imperfect and incomplete understanding, it was something that started this desire in me to know more. So I knew the stories, I knew some verses, I was familiar with the whole thing. And then when I went to college, um, I kind of took a break from the Bible. It just seemed like it belonged to a different part of my life. Um, I didn't stop believing in God. I didn't stop going to church, but it just kind of seemed like the reading and studying. I had other things going on. I had other things to read, other things to study, and it just didn't seem like a priority anymore. So there was probably a period of a couple of years when I just didn't really read my Bible. I heard it in church. I might like hear a verse or two here or there, or remember something that I knew or had read in the past, but I wasn't in the Word for myself. But as you know, a couple of years is a long time to spend away from the Bible, and a lot of life can happen in a couple of years. And so when I came back to it, a lot of life had happened, but the words were still the same and God was still the same. And so what started to happen was that I started to see the Bible in a way that took it a lot deeper. So whereas I had learned the verse, you know, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved. Like I could say that as a little, you know, little child with my little pigtails. But now I it. it's by grace that we have been saved. Like, did you know this? And it was something that, we, that had been in my heart since I was a child. But as life continued on, I began to see it in a new way. And what was happening, I realized now, is that the Holy Spirit was working through the word of God, through this living and active word of God, pulling together the words of God and the events of my life to help me to know him better. So in all of these things, the truths that I had learned as a child, they went deeper. So during this time in my life, what study looked like for me started to take on a little bit of a different role. I was still reading the Bible at this point, I was back into it, and I reread passages that I already knew or that I thought I knew, but I saw them in a whole new way because of the things that I had experienced. And I also learned to use um, some study tools that were really helpful to me, like a concordance that could help me do word studies and see where a word appears and where it's used in the rest of scripture and how that develops an understanding of a a particular topic. Um, I started reading some commentaries and hearing some other people's opinions or thoughts or studies on the Bible. I started using some different tools in order to help me understand the Bible. And so study, for me, looked at that time in my life a little bit more academic as I took it deeper and as the Holy Spirit was continuing to work into my life. So As life continued, I would say that that deeper um, love of and understanding of scripture then became broader as I began reading books and talking to friends and taking classes from people who loved Jesus deeply, but who understood the Bible in a completely different way than I did. And it was here that I really first understood that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus up until this point, I would say I knew the different parts, but I didn't see the connections. And it was at this point in my life, probably mid-20s or so, when I started to understand that it's all pointing to Jesus, everything. Like I knew that that one verse in the Old Testament that says that Jesus would be born of a virgin was, you know, that's why the Bible was about Jesus. Except when you read that verse, it's not actually talking about Jesus. And so I had some questions there. But just to think about, how everything in the Old Testament is set up and fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So I started to see it from a more broad perspective. So reading the Bible, I now saw that the priests and the kings and the prophets and the temple, all of these things in the Old Testament stories were now pointing to Jesus. And so it was just, everything was continuing to grow and grow and grow. So now I have young children doing my part for refuge. So study for me looks different in this season of life. It's not a sit down academic time. It's a lot more piecemeal. Um, So I might leave my Bible open on the kitchen counter so that I can sneak a peek at verses I'm memorizing as I'm waiting for dinner to be done in the oven. It is discussion in local Bible studies and in my GC. It's reading kids, my kids' Bible stories And seeing how they're making the connections too. And in reading it to the kids, it almost takes me back to me learning it as a kid. And the whole process starts all over again. There's podcasts. There's videos. There's apps on my phone like Scripture Memory or YouVersion or Blue Letter Bible. All of these things can deepen my understanding. There are a million tools, there are a million resources. And I don't wanna overwhelm you with a ton of recommendations, but if you're looking for a particular resource, come find me and I'd be happy to recommend some. But I would say to find something that works and to continue with it, even if it's a little bit here and there, because time spent in study, time spent in knowing the word of God, that helps us know God himself is never wasted. So quite simply through all of this, I, I love this book. I love it, and I understood it as a child. I think in a child's way, I understood it, but the more I learn about the Bible, and the more I study it, the more I realize how much I don't know, and how much I don't understand, and how much more there is to learn, and grow, and understand, and I think that's part of the wonderfulness of scripture, is that it's accessible to all, and yet we will never be done studying and learning it. So, Another thing that I love about study is that it links to all the other disciplines that we've been talking about as well. So prayer is something that I very much struggle with. I can study all day long, but when it comes time to praying, I'm, it's, I'm kind of at a loss. But study helps me in that way. It gives me the words to pray. It gives me an understanding of who I'm talking to. And when I know God more through studying his word, I see what a privilege it is for me to be able to go into his presence with Jesus as my sole mediator and talk to him. And that stirs my heart towards prayer, towards a discipline that is not a natural bent of mine. So meditation, study leads also very naturally into meditation, particularly through memorization, which is something that I'm especially passionate about, that when we slow down, when we memorize, and when we meditate, the words of God, they fill our hearts, and they fill our minds, and they transform us, and they change our lives, and they help us to understand who God is, thinking about him as we go throughout our days. And then with fasting, as we've been working on fasting over the past couple weeks. This is something that is new to me, but we've been trying it. And on those fasting days when I feel hungry, what I can turn to is study. And what I can turn to is the, the knowledge of and the understanding of God through his word. Through this, he even said that man doesn't live on bread alone. But on the very word of God. So that is kind of what I can go to and it helps me remember that he is so much greater than anything earthly that I would put my hope in. So study, it's looked different for me at different points in my life. It's going to look different for every person in this room. Study doesn't have to be 20 minutes in the morning with a cup of coffee in a completely silent house, but it might. So there have been times when I've been able to do that. There have been times when I've been able to devote time and space and hours and all of these things into study. There have been times when it's a little bit more one verse is carrying me through a week or a month or a season. All of these different things, but different styles, different time, different spaces, all of these things, it's worth it. It is worth it to be in the word of God. It's worth it to know God because he is truly eternal life. There are difficult parts in the book, as Trey alluded to as well. If if you are in, if you're approaching Leviticus, God's blessings to you. So, but there are so, there's so much more in this. And when we see it as that unified story, it helps us to understand the parts that are difficult. The book raises questions and that's okay. We can ask them, we can continue to study and we can continue to learn more. And once again, it is worth it. All of these things, they're worth it. So if you're wondering where to start or what to go next, or if you would like to take a next step in addition to kind of some of the practical things that Trey mentioned of picking a book, reading it, read it again ask questions. The cards are on the table outside. If you want more resources, come talk to us, like he said. But one of the resources that we are offering here through Refuge is going to be a class um, called What is the Bible that will kind of go through some of the bigger questions about this book. How do I approach it? Why is this Bible different than the Bible you might find in a Catholic church? How did these 66 books come to be in this Bible? How, How does it work? How should I read it? So if, you, if any of those questions resonate with you, or if you're just interested in having a better understanding of what the Bible is, how does it work, how should we dive into it, I would really encourage you to participate in this class. So... The class is coming up starting February 11th, so it'll be four Saturdays, February 11th and 25th and March 11th and 25th, 8.30 to 10 here at the church. But we'll be using um, a podcast series by The Bible Project, which is a wonderful resource for study, by the way, at many different levels. They've got videos, they've got podcasts, they've got classes. Every single one of them is phenomenal, and they have really helped me grow in my understanding. It's one of the biggest tools that I'm using in my life right now for study. But they did a podcast series um, a little over a year ago called the Paradigm Series, in which they go through seven different pillars of what the Bible is and how to understand it. And as Trey was talking this morning, he kind of ticked them off one by one without really realizing it, but that the Bible is human and divine. It's a unified story that leads to Jesus. It's communal literature designed to be read together. It's ancient literature designed for, it's written to another people. It's written for us, but it's not written to us. So all of these different things they talk about, they kind of wrestle with some of the more difficult questions of what do we do with the laws in Leviticus? And why do we obey this thing in the New Testament, but not this thing? And how did all of this come to be? So men women youth everyone is welcome to join this class if you're interested in it but you can't physically attend the class i would encourage you to follow along and listen to the podcast series anyway it's completely free everything is available on the bible project app and so i would strongly encourage you guys to dig into that if you want more information come talk to me if you want to sign up for the class it's on the app there's lots of ways that you can access this but i learned a lot from this series. It kind of helped me put some words to some of the things that I've struggled with in my study of the Bible over the years. Um, And ultimately, it just, it helps me grow in my love for this. Because like I said, the more I know it, the more I don't know it. But whether I feel like I'm knowing it and understanding it or don't know it, and sometimes I open the Bible and think, why am I reading this? Or I don't have a clue about what I'm doing. All of these things, they're worth it. To know God more through how He has chosen to speak to us through His Word.
1: All right. Thank you, Laura. Um, Let's pray. God, you have given us and gifted us all these ways to know you. And not only have you done that, but you have also gifted us as a people with different passions and different gifts, different areas of interest and specialties and uh, things that light this person's fire may be a hard and a drudge for this person, but the person that loves and serves, and it, it is amazing. And when we open your word and plumb the depths of it, we will never, uh, we will never be able to grasp it all but may we, may it turn us more to just be in complete and total awe of the amazing God that you are. Thank you that you have not left us to ourselves. Thank you that you have not left it to where we have to guess what you're about or where we have to try to figure out how to somehow please you to make the crops grow or uh, the seasons of abundance or to ask for rain, you have completed the work and, and invite us to simply feast in gratitude, in humility, in need, in repentance, to feast on all that you have completed and to know you better. So, May you do that. May none of these disciplines, and I appreciate what Laura said, may none of these disciplines be a weight of guilt or shame. May they all in our hearts by the Holy Spirit be the invitation that the glorious King and Creator of the universe has invited even me, even us, to know and trust and love him more. Add your blessing to this in Jesus' name. Amen. Building our identity in Christ for the sake of the world. That's the mission of Refuge Church. For more information, visit us online at seekrefuge.net.